Dave Anthony, ladies and gentlemen, he left. Oh, Dave, hey, what a miracle. All right. Yeah. Oh, shut up. Oh, that's like... It's interesting. That was in... <laughs> that was around. It felt like people were on uh, separate rhythms. Uh, you're listening to the dollop. This is a bilingual American history podcast. Twice a week, I read a story in German and Spanish about American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has Ninesen Taken Appen Appenchunt. That meant nothing. That meant absolutely nothing. Used to. April 27th, 1849. <laughs> Henry Hank Clay Vaughn. You can't have a name be Henry and Hank. Well, wow, it's his nickname. Okay, that's better. his nickname, man. All right. He didn't come out and they were like, let's call him Henry Hank. No, Hank. Henry. Hank. Henry. Henry Hank. Henry Hank. Yeah. That's our boy. Yeah. We're two men. <laughs> we uh, Jimmy Smitted one time. Are you talking about Walter Stone? <laughs> yep. <laughs> From the movie Switch. Yeah. yeah 91. Ah, I loved him in Law and Order. Yep. <sighs> Henry Hank Clay Vaughn was one of the first children born in the new officially recognized Oregon Territory. Okay. He's the first of eight children. In 1860, that's a lot. Yeah, they, but they, it they, won't amount to many. No, but they... <laughs> actually, I actually just realized I never read any more than any of them died, so they must all hung in there. Really? Yeah. There's no way... They just stopped writing about it. They were just like, don't ask about grace anymore. No. I mean, if this happened, they'd be like, miracle family in Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> family retains all youth. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. Some of them are stuffed. Yeah. You lost 70% like the rest of us. So I will ask before uh, I get here, I'll ask the name of this city. It's either the Dales or the Dallas. Dallas. The Dallas. All right. Okay. Uh, Hank uh, was the first of eight children. In 1862, Hank's dad moved the family to the Dallas. I totally nailed that. Nailed. <laughs> hey. <laughs> now, don't you East... like our new system per, as opposed to the earlier show where the The one where I just read a word and everyone. And I thought maybe they might run up on stage and yeah. kill me. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And then suddenly it's not recorded. <laughs> yeah, someone's like, lose the audio. <laughs> We're moving in. Someone already apologized to me about that. Um, so it's an eastern riverfront town is what it says here. So I assume it's east. Sure. The Dales was happening. It was a fucking happening place. It was the most, one, of the, one of the most happening places in Oregon at the time. Okay. Everyone's laughing, my, my, but back yeah. then, it was the fucking shit. And my guess is now it is shit. Sounds like uh, it's not that great now. Uh, Sounds like it's not that fucking no, great. No, no, yeah, when, when you bring up how great a town was, and people are like, imagine that shit all being livable. 
What? Now I've heard everything. Uh, one local merchant quote, there was more life in the Dales in a day than there was in Port... Is that not Dales? Dales. Well, we still found the rhythm. Dales. The rapport's alive. There was more life in the Dales in a day than there was in Portland in a month. Wow. So your fucking town sucked ass. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to the sweet fucking... The da- Why do they call it the? <laughs> the is, that, is that a fucking thing? Does anybody know? They're just assholes. Like, who puts a fucking the in front of their city name? Oh, come on. Fuck them. Oh, come on. Okay. Anybody from there? I've got the mayor of the dolls. Is it the dolls? Did he just say the dolls? You are like but it's reveling. the dolls. Yeah, what's better than you being like, I'm in a power position, I can correct well, you for fucking up. <laughs> no, but you fucked me up when yeah, you say yeah, it wrong. But you, but yeah, you came back. No, I've and already you got a problem. I don't need you fucking me up worse. Dales. <laughs> Man. It's the dolls. <laughs> Valley of the Dales. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, we need to never say it again, you That's and gonna I. That's going to be all throughout this episode. <laughs> oh, well, I'm retiring. Um, Hank was 12. Uh, the family spent five years in the Dales. <laughs> all right, this we is got- fun. At this point, I'm just having fun. All right, wait. Last Dales. time. No, no, no. You're, do you, you, yeah? No, yeah. What you think I said? The Dals. The Dals. Dals. Okay, Dals. 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 Dales. So, no, not da- the Dals. Chip and Dals. Not Dales. Chip and Dals. Dallas. Dals. Closer. Dollies. What can I do? <laughs> Trying. Uh, Hank worked with his uncle on his ranch, but was mostly living on his own, traveling while he he's twelve. He's a uh, yeah, he's like fourteen, fifteen at this point. Okay, so he's on his own. Nice. Yeah, that's when you take off. Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm all set. <laughs> Ready to face the crazy world we live in. You can't be living at home when you get hair on your balls. <laughs> which I promised will be happening. Uh, so he was traveling with uh, friends, and they, they would herd small bands of horse and cattle. When he was 15, Hank was in Canyon City. Is that right? Or is it Kong? All right. Okay. Sorry. Dave, come on. I just got an email from a guy in Sweden who told me I pronounced Jorgen Jorgensen wrong. And I was like, and I was like, motherfucker, when I go down to Mexico, I'm not like, it's not David, it's David. Like, just fucking relax, bro. 
Take your fucking Swedish shit and All stick right. it up. All right. Come on. Let's remember the countries we're trying to spike our numbers in. Uh, so, uh, Hank delivered a horse to a man named William Head Spot. <laughs> okay. All right. Name, so, names were better. Yeah. No, names are better than Head Spot. probably had a big... Yeah. No, yeah, they were just like, and your name again? William. We'll call you William Head Spot, because you've got that weird thing on your head. It's paint. Huh? It's paint. Keep it. <laughs> no notes. So when he delivered the horse, he only got partial payment for the horse. Mm. So Hank knew he'd have to uh, he'd have a hard time collecting the rest, collecting the rest of the money from Headspot. So, <laughs> so from Headspot. So he, he went and had some whiskey before he. Th- before this, he sh- uh, sure. Fifteen. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that, you know what's great is that I was like this child. I know. And then I thought back to when I was 14 yeah, or Jack 13. Daniels. Yeah. Jack Daniels. Yeah. My friend. Or whatever you could get your hands on. I wasn't as lucky to get Jack Daniels. I'd more be like, all right, I'm going to pound vermouth. They won't notice. Just go fucking steal it from the Safeway. Why do you think they made duffel bags? So, I wish I was kidding. So, it's not a safe way to live, Dave. You really... There is a twist. The cool thing is, is when you get a, when you get busted by the security guard at Safeway for stealing Jack Daniels and you're 14, you can just start crying and it'll be like, I don't know what to do, and then he lets you go. <laughs> I would imagine you just cry. It's for my dad, right? That's what I. That, that's the line you'd pull. Oh, it's for my dad. Yeah, my go. dad beats me. Oh, go ahead, kid. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey. Take these Paul Malls, too. Go. Get out of here. Get out of here. Paul Malls? Come on. Come on. Unfilties. Go, baby. Go. My dad smokes camels. Yeah. I actually uh, Googled you, and you don't have a dad. Anymore. Oh, boy. Here. He smoked camels. Take these fireworks. Take these fireworks. Take this porn. Take this porn. Get out of here. Get out of here. Come on. Oh, poor kid. Oh, I should have not judged him. Turns out that kid's 41. <laughs> Found out the other day. Checked him. So he has some whiskey, and then he goes to, he goes to confront Headspot. And Headspot's like, there's no money. And he had a good excuse. He's like, I, I, I gambled. And, and I lost the money for the horse. So. Okay. So they argue. And then Hank said if he didn't have the money in a couple hours, he was going to repo the horse. Repo the horse? Well, I put that in. Okay, but yeah. that's my version right. of taking back the horse. <laughs> yeah, okay, right, okay. Repo. Yeah, right. He's a repo horse guy. Yeah. Break so the over the two hours, Hank went and drank. He just keeps drinking, and then he goes back to see Headspot. But Headspot still didn't have the money. Sure. And now he had no horse because he'd gotten rid of it. Wait, how did he... What happened He must to have given it to a friend or something. He's like, there's no horse. <laughs> okay. But, and then he said, well, none of that matters anyway because you stole the horse. Oh, interesting. Um, so now he's so, a detective. So Hank, Hank pulled out his uh, gun and shot. Okay. Well, this is taking and, a uh, He turn. hit Headspot in the forehead. He hit Headspot in the Headspot? Yeah. <laughs> and the bullet bounced off. What? No way. 
Like glanced off his forehead. It honestly? Yeah. A guy named Headspot from a bullet got a spot on his head. This is what this is what life was back then. <laughs> and then Hank Hank just fucking ran. He's bulletproof. <laughs> he can't be killed. I shot a wizard. Oh, the wizard. Headspot was finally like, oh, that's actually probably going to help. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, seven days later, Hank was found, uh, and he was arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. Uh, he got out on $400 bail and then went uh, to the bar to celebrate. Uh, what's going on? I feel like he's... <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's just going to the bar, and then he's framing it under different emotions. I'm happy. I should go to the bar. So he's drinking with his buddies. Sure. And, uh, and, while, and so he's getting shit-faced, and, he, and then he says he would also shoot one of Headspot's friends, a guy named Anderson. It's a boring just name. Just because. If he saw him, if he goes, if I see Anderson, that motherfucker, I'm going to shoot him too. Okay. And then Anderson walks in, and he's like, oh, fuck. And he shot <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> and Anderson's like, what's going on? Ow! Just, <laughs> you, I said I would. Uh... Anderson got hit, but he didn't die, and then Hank was arrested because he can't so wait, just okay. shoot a guy. Well, I, at some point, is he trying to shoot? This is like a shot for help. I we, feel like... <laughs> I mean, he's crying out a little bit. Yeah, these are, these are cries for help. Uh, the sheriff, quote, He was a problem. We chained him to a ring bolt in the center of the floor because he shouted and sang ribald songs which disturbed the neighborhood for blocks around the courthouse. So... Wow. I mean, he's just having a good time. Sure, sure. After pleading guilty, Hank's family came and told the judge uh, that they should let Hank join the army instead of going to jail. Yeah, I mean, he's 15. It's time for him to move on. It's time for a new yeah, chapter. it's time for the military. Yeah, it's time for him to go to the military. Yeah. He's been drunk and in jail. He's... So the judge agreed. The judge like, great. And he fined Hank a, a dollar and said, you got to join the military. Sure. So then Hank's dad was like, I will join the military with you because you're young and this will be... Yeah, right? That is touching. with you. So his dad goes in and, and they're, they're in the line and Hank says, you, can you fill out the forms first and then show me how? And so his dad... <laughs> so his dad fills out the forms and he hands them to the guy and he turns around and Hank, Hank's gone. <laughs> so now I think I dad's... just joined the military. <laughs> Alone? Where's my... Oh, shit. We're going to shave your head. Take those clothes off. No, I'm looking for my boy. Your boy's gone. Get over here. Hose him down, Larry. But Hank's family uh, got him and, and brought him back. Um, and later that day, made him sign up. Um, six weeks later, Hank was discharged, quote, by reason of general unfitness for the service. So his dad, and now his dad's in, and he's, like, out. So it worked out good for his dad. General Unfitness is a tough instructor, though. Yeah. He, uh... He's hard. That, uh, that was in uh, Officer and a Gentleman, if I believe. Yeah, that's right. Oh, this room is filthy. Oh, no, it's General Unfitness. <laughs> Hank had a friend named Dick Bunton. Sure. Absolutely, he did. My guess is he takes a bullet that ricochets off his dick. <laughs> it was a real button right off his dick. The two paired up, and they were trading horses with Native Americans and selling them at much higher prices to miners. Not, not, not Yeah, explain. Guys who dig in the ground, not the okay. ones that are like, I don't have 
Hair in my balls, or whatever happens to it. We have a counteroffer. Um, they also stole horses from local ranchers. Sheriff Maddox then, after they've stolen horses for a little while, deputized several men and headed out after Hank and Dick. Word came that they were camped nearby, okay. so the sheriff decided to go in with just one deputy, since they were only two boys, and he decided <laughs> to try a surprise attack. Hey, fun one. So the sheriff got close, and then he yelled, throw your hands up, and Hank and Dick just jumped up shooting, and the deputy and Dick were killed instantly. Uh. A bullet smashed through Sheriff Maddox's left cheek, went through his head, and came out the base of his skull. Well, that He's is... He's fine. A... Um, he fell to the g- ground, bleeding profusely, unable to move. Hank was shot in his thigh, uh, and he took one of the sheriff's horses and rode off. Okay. So... Uh, Sheriff, Maddox, Ma- Sheriff Maddox lived. With uh, he... the bull- what? brain... I don't know how... I never understand how a bullet goes he through He just can't ever say or do much with his head. Yeah. He can't move his head, he can't open his mouth, and he can't chew. He pronounces it the dowels now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we're changing it to that weird pronunciation. Hank was caught quickly. An angry mob wanted to lynch him, but they were talked down. He was charged with the theft of a mare and shooting the uh, deputy during a felony. Shooting the deputy? Oh, no, sh- yeah, sorry, okay, shooting yeah. the sheriff during a felony because the okay. sheriff lived. So this was besides the murder charge. They separated those two things. So Hank pleads not guilty. He, uh, he's 16. A local paper described him as, quote, five feet, five inches tall, of a straight build and weighing 119 pounds. So he's fucking, he's huge. Yeah, big boy. <laughs> big boy. Uh, he had light auburn hair, blue eyes, a light complexion, and a long scar in the hairline on the left side of his head, which was the result of a gunshot wound. So just a classic, like, 16-year-old. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a phase. Yeah. It's a phase. You're, yeah, it's just going to happen. So Hank's defense was uh, that he had a contract to buy the horse from Dick. So he's like, I didn't steal the horse. <laughs> Bought it from Dick. No, it's, yeah, it's like when you hotwire a car and you're like, my buddy was supposed to leave the keys in, but yeah. he didn't, so I had to appear to have stolen it, sir. You're wrong. Your premise is wrong. I know the guy. So they found him guilty. What? He was sentenced to 10 years. Holy shit. Then okay. the same day, they picked a new jury to hear the murder charges. This time, Hank said he thought the sheriff... And the deputy were uh, Indians. He was like, they're, they're Indians. <laughs> so that's why I shot him. And the jury was like, no. Don't say it. No. And uh, he was found guilty and given a, a life sentence. Boy, I will uh, speak for most of us when I say, I thought that would work. That they'd be <laughs> like, you promise? Let him go. Where are these Indians? We got to get them on trial. Oh, Right. So his dad got out of the army in 1866. Hey, I didn't want to do this. How is everyone? What the fuck just happened? My life. Shit. That's a quote. (laughs) So then the family focused on getting Hank out. They sent out a bunch of petitions uh, around Oregon, Idaho. The argument was that Hank was just a boy when he committed the crime. 
and he was justified in shooting because he didn't know that they were the law. Right. But, right. Sure. And it worked. Sure. <laughs> okay. So After he... four and a half years, the Oregon governor gave him a full pardon on Ch- February 22nd, 1870. But you have to promise to learn what badges are. Okay. So Hank's now uh, 21 years old. He moves to uh, Nevada to sell horses and cattle. Sure. Uh, a local newspaper quote, Hank has purchased Mose McBurney's. <laughs> Mose. Mose? M-O-S-E. Mose. Moss? That's not Moss. I, 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 we're not... Let's Fuck not Sade the shit out of this name. I think we could go for it. How about I, just, how about I just got one? I, it, yeah. It's like Rose, but with an M. How about fuck you? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like Rose. It's Mose. Mose? Mose. 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 Uh, so he buys a river ranch for 1500 uh, upon which he was driven some 600 head of cattle, proposing to settle in and become a fixture in the township. So everyone's like, this guy's great. He's awesome. On May 15th, 1875, Hank married Lois McCarty. She was 19, and they had a son. Okay. Just turn it around, you know? Get nah, out. No, no uh, I would... I would rehabilitated. No, I would, I would say learned, based... Learned nope. his lessons. Nope, I would say based on not only this podcast, but what you do in moments like this where you try to sell me in the other direction, that he's not making a, a turn for the positive, and that we're going to have some problems ahead of us. Well, he's a legitimate businessman with a wife and a child, so maybe you should give some people a break. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Give him a fucking break. The guy yeah, turned yeah. it around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Next, um, so, um, next three, one of the next three sentences will be problematic. <laughs> and it might be this one. I'm going to put $50 on this one. A newspaper in Prescott, Arizona. October 1877. Quote, two noted desperados, one of them Hank Vaughn. <laughs> entered Prescott and began amusing themselves by shooting dogs. Oh, fuck! <laughs> what? No! You know what? Those fucking things are everywhere <laughs> in Prescott. That's a, not a great way to come into a town. Ugh. <laughs> and presenting their loaded revolvers at the chest of citizens. Okay, so, in other words, what you're about to read is fucking crazy. <laughs> they just went into town, shot dogs, and then put guns on people's chests. They were like, we're new here. How is everyone? Are you guys cool and good? You guys like to party? Huh? Oh, you like dogs? Well... I'm a cat man! Yeah. <laughs> uh... I'd be behind that gang like, I just didn't know we were shooting dogs. I thought we were just going to play with cats. We're the cat boys. Yeah, and yeah, but we should talk about how we hurt dogs. I feel like we should just gravitate more towards cats instead of hurting the dogs. You guys didn't even say anything about going anywhere. It's going to be a dog genocide. No, what the fuck? No, no, I'm not signing off on this at all. No, I know a place where there's a bunch of cats. We could go play with them. I mean, I'm gonna go. You're talking, Actually, about that, you're talking about that cafe in Tokyo? Yeah, yeah, the cat cafe. Yeah, so I'm gonna start walking there. Um, I figured I'll die, so... Like, I'm eight months. Good to meet you guys, though. Hell of a run. All right. Well, we'll see ya. 
This is the worst cat gang I've ever been in. You haven't seen cats. So, continuing the quote. Then mounting horses, they rode down through Montezuma Street at full gallop, yelling and shooting like demons. As a matter of course, the officers and citizens were obliged to put an end to such proceedings, and in doing so, one of the ruffians was shot to death and the other nearly killed. Okay, so... Um, don't, don't shoot dogs. Right. Um, also, uh, Hank was not the one that was killed. It was okay. his pup buddy. So he, okay. New guy. I'm not going to bring up a new name because he didn't last long. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure. He's definitely... Yeah, he's definitely uh, like man four in the credits yeah. of the dollop, yeah. Man his, on horse. His partner uh, was hit with eight bullets and buckshot. Hank was shot in the head, and it was believed he would die. Okay. But he kept on living. The paper reported, quote, such men seem to be hard to kill. <laughs> what? Pa- I mean, the paper. Oh, honey, did you hear that? A lot of people are hard to kill. It's a normal shit. Uh, Hank had a second son. Okay. So, Wait, so he's procreating with a hole in his he's head? He's married. He's fucking married. He's a, uh, yeah, but, he's a married man. Okay. Doing, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's yeah, but I would just... Taking care of his wife and okay. having, you know, kids. And, yeah, well, he's been... Right. Uh, so, but then Lois left with the kids and she went back to Oregon because she's like, the whole shooting dogs thing's a bummer. Okay. <laughs> so there were rational people. Okay. A little while later, Hank rolled into the town of Pendleton with horses to sell. The locals assumed he was a legitimate uh, trader. And then he uh, quickly met and married Louisa Jane Diddy in August 1878. He's already married, yep. L. Diddy. Yeah, L. Diddy. Uh, She's 27, he's 29. Louisa and her sister were recent transplants and had no idea of Hank's history. Oh, boy. Or that he had a wife and, and family. Yeah, he was like, no, can you believe it? I'm available. <laughs> can you believe I'm still on the market? It gushes. It will gush. It does do a bit of a gushing yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a... But it'll be fine. I just can't move it too much. Oop. I got <laughs> this like, one as... It's uh... like a full goldfish bowl and trying to run with it. It was me when I run. Yeah. There will be spillage, is what I'm saying. I, uh... I got this herding dogs out in the ranch. Yeah. I'm a cat guy, so obviously I tried to murder all the dogs. Yeah. Available. Yeah. Nope. Never been married. <laughs> so the, the couple moved to an isolated log cabin in the Blue Mountains. Hank said about finding a, a location, I'm going to murder this, where he could keep stolen horses and cattle. I don't want to say this name. He was friends with some of the... <sighs> Come on, buddy. Safe place. I like, I like that you're looking at me. You trust me. Therapy's working. Do this. Umatilla? Umatilla? All right, I went with the Spanish version. Uh, Umatilla Indians, and they let him use pastures on the reservation. Uh, Hank hung around saloons in Pilot Rock playing poker, drinking, and socializing with possible horse buyers while keeping a tab on the movements of big cattle herds. So these Exciting, cattle, an exciting well, the, time. The cattle herds, when he found out they were going, they would always, a few would stray off, and then he, him and his buddy would, like the law of the land was that 
if some cattle strayed off, you, you would got, you would grab them and you would hold them until the guys came back, or else you would bring them to them and go, "Hey, these hey. good ones got away." But he would just grab them and keep. Like, them. Yeah, okay. So he's got a little gang forming. A little gang. Uh, the sheriff knew what he uh, was up to, but could never get him with the goods. Oh man, okay, picturing that. Oh, I could never catch him. That son of a bitch. All the Duke boys. 1982. The Silver City, Idaho Avalanche newspaper in November I get you. 1879 reported that Hank was part of a gang of criminals who operated in a larger section of the Pacific Coast. Hank was said to be one of their leaders and had recently, uh, they had robbed a safe. So one day Hank came across Pitt Smith. Is he related to Jimmy Smith? <laughs> <laughs> Pitty Smith? <laughs> They switched. Uh, oh, yeah, they sure did. Yeah. Uh, okay, wait, what's his name again? Pitty Smiths? No. Pitt. Uh, Pitt P- Smiths. P-I-T-T. I've ruined it. I've already done yeah. it. Okay, Pitt uh, Smiths. So they bump into each other's sidewalk, immediately get into an argument. <laughs> wait, they just bump into each other like, fuck you, Pitt. No, fuck you. What's your deal? You dog killer. I'll die for this. Smith, Smith pulled his gun, shot and missed. Hank then shot Smith in the hip. And then they were both arrested. <laughs> and the same cell? Boy, imagine if we touched a pair of magic handcuffs right now. <laughs> I shot myself? What? Um, Hank was freed because it was self-defense. Okay. Uh, he went to Spokane in early 1880. When he was there, he went into debt to J.C. Davis. So Hank offered to give Davis his stove. <laughs> I mean, Quite an a, offer. <laughs> Let's make a deal. It's a different time. Well, um, you could have the stove. That, uh, what the hell am I going to do with the stove? I don't have anything. I really... I, uh... Hank said he was going to, quote, sell every damn thing there was and leave the country. Hank said he had no money, but that he, would, that he would, quote, give me a bill of sale for the woman, and that was the only chance I had to get my money. Wait, what? Yep, I read that, right? So what? this JC guy says he would, quote, give me a bill of sale for the woman, and that was the only chance I had to get my money. So he... Uh, it sounds I'm like he's not... going to sell his wife. Uh, yeah. Unless, Not, by, unless he no. calls his stove a woman. <laughs> well, we've all done that. Uh, <laughs> but um, a little uncomfortable about where we might be headed. No, it, it's fine. Uh, Hank, Hank said he was gonna. Hank said he was gonna leave his wife, and, and Davis asked why. Well, I don't, Hank, have the, I don't have the original deed. <laughs> I can't prove ownership. <laughs> the uh, mortgage. Hank, Hank said, quote, I'll be goddamn if I want to live with a woman. (laughs) He does sound like he's part of the cat gang. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She'd just complain about all the fur anyway. J.C. Davis told him he shouldn't sell the stove and that he should leave it with Louisa if he was going to take off. And Hank said he did not give a goddamn. Turns out he was having problems with Louisa. Oh, it's not coming across in day-to-day combos. 
She had become upset about a woman named Nancy Tucker who kept visiting their cabin. I'm sure you're air quoting. One time, Louisa caught Hank kissing Nancy in the cabin. Oh, boy. Wait. And she told, feels like we're deep in a euphemism. Yeah. She told Hank this was, quote, not a proper way to treat a wife in her own home. And Hank laughed at Louisa and told her it was none of her business. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So, I mean, he's got a point. It does feel he's like... On, a- he's on a date or whatever. Just because it's in their bedroom doesn't mean that it's her fucking business. It does feel like a guy you'd, you'd see on Dr. Phil with a montage before they bring him out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I kiss other women in my cabin with my wife. So what? <laughs> yeah, I took Nancy up there and my wife freaked out. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Ain't nothing anybody telling me going to change that. I kiss who I want. Listen to yourself. Boo. Yeah, boo me, motherfucker. Boo me. You're jealous. Y'all jealous. You're jealous of my lifestyle. You're jealous of my lifestyle. Dr. You... Phil, I love you, man. I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> He's got a point. Uh, so Louisa finally left in September 1881. Hanger... Uh, for what reasons? <laughs> Hank gave her enough money for a one-way stagecoach fare. At this point, Hank was uh, grown. He was 165 pounds. He wore... Well, he's acted pretty grown. Yeah. So he... he, he this is his outfit, his regular outfit. He wore a white hat with a r- rattlesnake band around it. Okay, big, big start. A Mexican sash and chaps. Oh, boy. He's fucking okay. killing it. He's yeah. killing it. I'm an extra. <laughs> Um, when he wasn't drunk, he was a very courteous gentleman, very charitable and very pleasant. A good storyteller, very quick thinker. When he was drunk, he lost all fear. (laughs) Wow. Quite a uh, superpower. (laughs) If I drink, I become fearless, man. I can run through fire now! He's on fire. Get him out. He's on fire. Quote. From a paper. On the southeast corner of 8th and Main Streets, there used to be a hardware store owned by Frank Coffin. That's a bad last name for a hardware store. Sure. Coffin's Hardware. No, we don't sell caskets. (laughs) What a fucking nightmare this has been, huh? (laughs) On the roof of the store, there was an iron coffee pot about six feet tall. It is weird. It is weird. I mean, what are they? I mean, they're like, we're going to be in the Guinness book for the most coffee had. I mean, look, it's just a normal hardware store with a coffee pot on top. Welcome to Coffin's Hardware. Want coffee from our roof? We have six feet of it. Just pe- no, it's just people coming in all day and going, uh, could I get a casket and some coffee? Okay, we ain't got so no you, caskets. You, we ain't got no coffee. All right, hold on. We he got gave, coffee uh, pots. Okay, okay, okay. No, the name is misleading, and we have made it our tag phrase because literally everyone asks if we sell pieces for coffins, and we have uh, so much coffee on the roof. So go up there and have some. It's full. It's full. We think have, if you, the, 
think it's just up there for show? Well, we have... It's up there to see who really, really, really wants coffee. Yeah. We have what they call in the business world a flawed model. I don't know what in the fuck I am doing. No, none of us do. We actually started selling coffins because... Um, Full of coffee. Yeah, we sell... We're calling them coffee-ins, and we have absolutely lost all control of what we should be stocking and what we should be passing on. But at this point, we solely sell coffins full of coffee and no hardware. And now I'm going to go to business school. It's, and it is, it's showing in the quarterlies. I thought these were all good ideas. Everybody calls me stupid. Well, show them. Something tells me someday you won't be able to get buried unless it's full of coffee. That's brewed. <laughs> I see a future America where people just go into a store in Seattle and say, may I have a little coffin? You've always been a dreamer. Quote, he'd go into the saloon across the street and get a drink and then come out and shoot at the coffee pot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. All right. He'd do that until he was blind from within, so shit-faced. That's and a then great he... way of putting blackout. Yeah, blind from within. Uh, I wasn't blackout from drive. within. I shouldn't be driving. I'm a little blind from within. <laughs> I close one of my eyes, I'm a little less blind from within, but I can't see my lungs. And when he finally missed, he'd turn to the spectators around and grumble, I guess I'm getting old. Oh boy. Everyone's like, oh God, I am I the only one who is so happy when he says that. <laughs> so drunk or sober, Hank was an expert horseman, maybe the best in all of Oregon territory. One of his favorite stunts was to chase dogs on his horse. I don't like where we're headed, and I don't like our setup. And lift them from the ground without getting off of his saddle. So what, we've got like a Michael Vick situation on our hands now? <laughs> No, he's just picking them up. Yeah, I didn't say what he did with them after he got them. I just said, it's a fucking great show. A guy rides through on a horse, picks up all the dogs, takes yeah. off. Normal. Yeah. Like Milo and Otis was a good movie. <laughs> uh, he also loved to gamble. In 1881, Hank spent several weeks in Portland and lost $8,000. Sure. Well, you got to, yeah. I mean, you got to go down before you go up. They say yeah. that, right? You got to go way down before you go way up. One gambler won $2,000 off of him in one game. The floor was covered in cards because Hank kept projecting decks. Quote, give us a new deck, he would call out, and he'd <laughs> raise his hand above his head and scatter the old deck with a vigorous flip that filled the smoke-charged atmosphere with 52 flying cards. All right. So he's the worst person to play cards with ever. <laughs> that definitely creates an environment that's pro-cheating. You're like... Well, there's an ace on the ground. Right, just grab that All aces yeah. on the ground. Yeah, I mean, and at this, in this time as well, it's not like they had a bunch of different options. They were like, well, blue's blue, so there's two kinds of cards, the red ones and the blue ones. So if this guy's legit. 
Super specific, lost everyone. Keep going. <laughs> Hank rode into Prineville. Yeah, it's really, really impressive. In December... Look how little they clap when you get it right and how much they react when you no, get it wrong. No, if you get it wrong, they're like throwing spears and shit. Like, it's crazy. Oh, uh, one guy threw a spear once. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so he writes in there in December 1881, he let everyone know that Hank Vaughn was in town. And then at one saloon, he came across Charlie Lang. Oh, wait, it's Long or Lang? Who cares? Yeah, I, don't th- I really feel like you might be able to get away with this. Uh, it's, probably, it's probably Lang. It, this is probably a correction thing. So Charlie said, uh, uh, Charlie was supposed to be slow to be provoked, but once he got going, full on rage. Uh, so the two guys knew each other's reputations. Charlie suggested a game of 7-Up. Mm. Charlie agreed. I mean, Hank agreed. Okay. Charlie didn't agree with himself. I'll hey, you want to play 7-Up? You're goddamn right I do. Well, I'm going to get out of here. This guy's out of his mind. <laughs> I had to kill myself again. I cheated. Quote, drawing out a pack of cards, Hank sat down on the floor, and Charlie joined him down there. Okay. So, weird start, right? Not traditional? Taking his bowie knife from its sheath, he calmly thrust the long blade through Hank's new buckskin trouser leg, pinning him to the floor. Jesus Christ. What? A card has not been dealt yet, right? Hank then did the same, pinning Charlie... What the... What? What? (laughs) Pinning Charlie to the floor through the leg of his leather chaps. Okay. Now the dance continues. I I guess... I guess this is how you played 7-Up. Okay. What if you didn't know how to play 7-Up and you were just trying to sound cool? I'll play. Oh, we play it on the ground? Fuck! What? What is happening? No! You? Ah! Why? What is this? I'm so thirsty. If only there was a beverage. Uh, So first uh, first hand, Charlie beat Hank's hand. Hank then pulled the knives out of the floor and went outside. Sorry. Yep. I feel like I'm listening to Planet Earth. They... <laughs> they're both okay, and they've jammed knives into each other. And pinning each other to the floor. Pinning each other to the floor, right. And, and the cards. Right, and the card, okay. The other guy wins. Right. And then, and then he's like pulls the knives out and walks out. Okay. Pretty normal. Yeah, quite a normal dance. Um... So Hank pulls the knives out and goes outside. Uh, when he was outside, he bought a, ho- a really fast horse from someone what he knew. What is going on? Is there a timeline? I'm in the middle of a game of cards. I'll buy him. So he buys this horse from a guy he knows, and then he had the guy hold it around the corner for 50 bucks. This dude is so shady. What is... He then came back into the saloon and said to Charlie, quote, You'd make a good sheep herder. That's... That's uh, right. That's the right, resp- that's the right response. Charlie responded, quote, You'd make a good canader. Canander. Canonator. Is that the whole quote? Because that would be Can- the worst comeback ever. <laughs> You'd make a good canonator. It's not actually a word. It, it, it can... It's like a... Canoner. Uh, it's a guy who shoots like artillery. Okay, so he's like, you'd be a good cannonator. You'd make a good cannonator in hell, Hank Vaughn. Boom, right? Shit's on. 
Hank asked Charlie to drink with him and after asked, quote, which is it, peace or war? And Charlie said, they both sound the same to me. Wow. I mean, so they're having a one-liner off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a rap battle. Yeah. Well, I hope you wake up tomorrow to decide, well, maybe I will be sleeping and maybe I won't. Well, maybe I'll see you tomorrow then. Well, maybe we can have a bite. Hank then pulled up. We're going to fuck, right? Uh, just to be clear, we're f- about to fuck. The tension's unreal. <laughs> that is what the up is for in 7-Up, my friend. Hello. <laughs> Hank then pulled off his bandana. Both men gripped the bandana with their left hand. This is like listening to Planet Earth. I mean, (laughs) what is going, like, this is like what birds do. No, so they're holding the bandana, and with the other hand, they are going to shoot. Quote. Someone put beat it on the jukebox, right? (laughs) (laughs) On the piano. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, with a whoop and a leap to one side, Hank drew his gun first but held his fire. Charlie let go with his forty-four and cut a streak across Hank's scalp. Hank fell backwards against a card table, came back on his feet with a jump, brushed the blood out of his eyes, and cut loose. Charlie returned fire shot for shot, but at first he stood still while Hank leaped from side to side. Because of this, Charlie stopped every bullet while he hit Hank only twice. In the final seconds, Charlie grabbed Hank and pressed the revolver to his head, but the hammer fell on a defective cartridge, Uh. and the bullet misfired. Charlie got a bullet in the hand that coursed up his arms, another through the body over the heart, one through the abdomen, and the last through his right arm. Holy shit! (laughs) What? This is called the Missouri Duel. (laughs) You hold a bandana and you shoot at each other. In what is the greatest example of America ever. That's how Kid Rock was born, right? (laughs) Of these ceremonies? <laughs> Even with the bullet not working, though, this is just, like, no. tickling all the fancies. Yeah. They were both taken to a nearby saloon that had a bed in the back room. I love how the first... <laughs> they were taken to a nearby saloon, obviously, for uh, further evaluation. Did you say they were clearly both put on the same bed? Well, yeah. you guys did that, now let's sleep Well, they're not letting go of the bandanas. Like, well, I'll kill you. <laughs> I won't... Go. Ah! It's like two dogs with a bone. Uh, Hank was sitting on the bed, and he told a friend, Jim, I wish you'd pull my boots off. My old father said I would die with them on, and I want to fool him. I mean, this Jim, is where you're like, I don't want to talk no, to Jim you. No, took, Jim took off his boots. He did? Yeah, Jim was like, oh, all right, that sounds reasonable. Sure. <laughs> Friend's a friend. The local doctor came in, and he looked them over and said, quote, Oh, this ought to be good. Meat doesn't spoil in the mountains. Okay, so... 
Enough of this medical mumbo jumbo, Doc. Put it in terms the rest of us can understand. <laughs> Meat don't spoil in the mountains. Well, and don't go bad with all that salt. Well, what are you talking about? I'm a butcher doctor. Um, <laughs> I'm going to prescribe a bunch of turkey for the both of you. So what he was saying was that both men were going to live. Okay. Right. It's a long, really belabored way of saying. Really long. Doctor, what do you mean? Well, you're not cold cuts, are you? (laughs) We're both kind of worried about dying. You got a lot of nitrates in you, son. May as well call the two of you sandwiches. (laughs) Doctor, (laughs) how about I give you each a pickle and a bag of chips? Because I think this is going to work out nicely. What is he saying? (laughs) Do you want to supersize your combos? Do you want to supersize your combos? <laughs> but papers reported that Hank had died. Okay. The Pendleton East Oregonian, quote, latest advice says both men are dead. Hank was a well-known desperado and has had a checkered career on this coast. If it is true that he turned his moccasins up, the sun... <laughs> if it is true that he turned his moccasins, moccasins up the sun, there will be but few to mourn his loss. Okay, so the moccasins up towards the sun is coffee coffins. Uh, yeah. A new... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when Hank uh, healed, he's better, he rode to Pendleton to the East Oregonian newspaper office where he dictated an editorial that he had written to the editor. Quote, to whom it may concern. Always a fun start. Hank Vaughn is not dead. And has never been dead. (laughs) All right. Not for a goddamn minute. I've never been dead. Not like Charlie Lang. (laughs) But is now, as always, a citizen of fine character and unblemished reputation. A genial, kind-hearted individual responsible to every noble impulse and a credit to the name of American citizenship. Who wrote this? Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Hank Vaughn makes his statement with totally unbiased mind. Wait, so he's even saying that he's writing? He's telling telling this to He's writing a third person and tipping? He's telling this to the editor to write it, yeah. Because he knows the editor is being without courage and states further that he is a louse, a worm, a snake in the grass who deserves to be stamped and trodden underfoot. Hank then ordered this to be printed and said that if it was not, he would blow a hole through the editor. (laughs) All righty. Well, that's how you mark it. It was not printed. Hank then went to Walla Walla to threaten the editor of a paper who had also said Hank was dead and that everyone should be happy about it. Oh, boy. Hank first walked in and shook the editor's hand and said he wanted his statement to be printed. Then he punched the editor in the mouth. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. Hank was arrested and fined $25. Sure. What a time. (laughs) Uh, After Hank went to Idaho Territory... From there, he sent his wife, Louisa, a letter on March 4th, 1882. Quote, Dear wife. <laughs> I mean, 
How are things? I'm going to keep this formal. I will write to you for the last time. I have come... This is an amazing start. Yeah. I have come after my things and will send your things to you. I am well, and I hope this will find you well. I am living in Boise Valley, Idaho, but I will not stay there very long. I'm going to Wood River. I wish you would send our daughter Fanny's picture to me, H.E. Vaughn. He had used the middle initial E on his license to marry Louisa because he had not divorced his first wife, Lois. According to Louisa, Hank sold everything they owned, including furniture that was hers before they married, and all of her clothes. Well, so the exchange is off? Yeah. Okay. And he kept all the money. Okay. Cool. Cool. After that, Frank headed back to the Dallas. <laughs> you must have been so nervous to go back to it. I no, said it. I no, just, you love it. Right. Yeah. I just said it wrong. Yeah, I'm aware. Because he was going on the trial uh, for his duel with Charlie Long. So now he's, he's been... He's, they got arrested for shooting each other with the, in the bandana dance or whatever it's called. Well, I thought uh, that was Missouri legal, I believe. <laughs> so he's on trial. Uh, Hank was acquitted after witnesses testified that Charlie shot first. <laughs> when they were holding a bandana in a bar? Yeah. Charlie was out of line. Hank was <laughs> respectful of the dance. Charlie instigated the bandana duel. He both shot first and grabbed that bandana first. Definitely instigated. Uh, so uh, Hank then moved in with his new wife, who he'd already married six months before, getting his stuff back from Louisa. Sure. He married the widow Martha Roby. Okay. She had five kids and a ranch on the Boise River. From her ranch, Hank ran his business of stealing and selling livestock. It's nice to have an office again, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the couple did not live at the ranch. They lived at a hotel in town. They appeared wealthy. She wore fine diamonds, and Hank had a pocket full of uh, 20, uh, gold $20 pieces uh, all times when he'd win from playing cards. So he's fucking loaded. Sure. Hank also had a habit of riding horses into saloons. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I'm and sure that was a gray area. And hotels. Yeah, that had to just be a thing where you're like, okay, here he is. It's like open carry now. It's like sometimes people would just roll in on a horse and you'd be like, oh, well, it's frowned upon, but let him do his thing. It's I, awkward. I'm, it's, not, I'm not used to horses being indoors. But. Hello, I have a reservation. Here's my ID and debit. <laughs> a Spokane resident said, quote, after drinking his favorite pastime was to ride his horse into the nearest hotel. <laughs> so, that's a, so it's a hobby. It's a bit of a hobby. Interesting. <laughs> Just how the manager of the California house dealt with it on the two or three occasions when Hank appeared there is uncertain, but he was persuaded to stop without involving the law or firearms. He always rode the finest horse he could get, and in Spokane, he displayed his horsemanship by picking up coins on the street from the saddle with his horse on the gallop. Oh, cool. So he's fucking showing off, right? Yeah. He's, a, he's a showman. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like the same trick. He's just a little lower. Yeah. So... Uh, it's, he's like the kid who's like he wants like coins thrown in the deep end of the pool. It's like, would you like to throw a bunch of coins and watch me pick it up? It's like nobody gives a fuck. Okay, just uh, a Spokane newspaper 
wrote, quote, we had to have a ride, sorry, he had to have a ride in a new horse carriage and proposed to do the driving. He attempted to drive into a bar room under the Star Lodging House. As the horses were going at some speed, the body and wheels of the carriage became separated. Hank and the horse team were lined up at the bar. So he drove... <laughs> what? He drove a horse, horses in a carriage into a bar, what? and the carriage got split off, and then they all slid over to the bar. <laughs> and, okay. then I assume, and then I assume he ordered a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he grabbed a bandana, and it all started <laughs> over again. In April 1883, Hank uh, ran across gunfighter Bill Singleton in the town of, uh, fuck you, Sprague, Washington. All right, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. I'm dead oh, inside. Yeah, he's been hurt, guys. You got to know he's been hurt. He's been hurt. You guys weren't here for the Willamette shit. Uh, <sighs> it, was, it was a violence rarely unseen. Look at, look at her hands. She was like, oh. He did it wrong. Oh, I don't care. I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No. Dave has a real Phil Collins attitude about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the radio today. You are a fucking champ. <laughs> he uses everything during the day. Soaks it in. Um, now, people had always wondered what would happen when the two men would meet. So... When they met up, they played cards at Pat Dillon's saloon. Everyone watched, and both men knew that there was an expectation. Yeah. Soon they had a disagreement and were both on their feet. Uh-oh. Hank asked, quote, how do you want it? Singleton, quote, make it over a handkerchief if you like. A lot of fun parties start with lines like that. Each took hold of the end of the handkerchief. Wow. With their left hands. Oh. They put their other hand on their gun. At that point, the crowd freaked the fuck out. Yeah, because this is not what you because do not want to be in a crowd no, for this. They're going to spin around yeah, and shoot you don't want to be other. like, hey, where's this go? Oh, Jesus God <laughs> Almighty. <laughs> So everyone in the bar fucking runs for it. Yeah. Uh, they all ran for the door, knocked over chairs and lamps, and Hank and Bill were separated in the melee, and by the time everyone had ran out, the two men had cooled off and decided not to duel. So sorry. <laughs> what a asshole I was. I'm so sorry. I would never... They ended up becoming very close friends. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's probably a good way to get a bunch of free booze in this time. Yeah, yeah. They just, everyone runs and then you just drink a bunch of liquor. Anyway, uh, degenerates are done thinking. Go ahead. A couple of months later, the Walla Walla statesman reported, quote, it is reported that Hank Vaughn has turned farmer and is tilling the soil near Centerville. Mm-hmm. He has 640 acres of the finest looking wheat in the country. It was believed that Hank Vaughn was retiring from his ways and settling down. Believed, was it? He went to Boise City in the fall of 1883 to stand trial for previous crimes committed. Okay. He was indicted on three counts of assault with a deadly weapon and two counts of grand larceny. Hank pleaded guilty to one assault charge and not guilty to the others and was uh, fined $10. 
okay. So, uh, and then, well, something went wrong during the Here we pleading go. part. What? With the plea? Yeah? Uh, How did you do that wrong? Because he ended up shooting his lawyer. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and then he was arrested for assault. <laughs> Will you represent me? No! <laughs> what? Come on. You know my whole case. What? In that situation, what I picture is not guilty. Guilty. Sorry. What did I say? Instead, he was like, how do I plead? <laughs> oh, Jesus. What? <laughs> Hank actually showed no sign of slowing down or retiring. A resident in Centerville said, quote, Hank stood in a store and shot through the open door of a grocery across the street, down through the aisle, and put six bullets into a sack of flour, which was resting against the back wall of the grocery much to the discomfort of the merchants and patrons in the store. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, when a guy shoots bags of flour, you're like, we should go, we should get out of here. On June 9th, 1885, Hank and a friend named Doc Whitley rode in a one-horse buggy down a street, and it overturned. The horse landed on its back, and Hank and Doc were tossed out. The buggy fell on Hank. He broke his nose in two places. So, well, first of all, how many places can you break your nose? It's like, it's not like a super complicated thing. It's just like, yeah, it's done. Uh, Or it's not. Um, Secondly, a buggy is pretty big. Yeah, you'd think you'd walk away with more than the whole thing just sort of like, oh, wow. Uh, Guys, careful. There's a nose. Get it off my nose. Hold on. It hurts when you move it. So hold on. Hold on. What are the odds of this, huh? Holy shit. It's like I'm wearing really heavy glasses. Pull it up lightly. Let me reacclimate. Oh, God, it got both of them. Both pieces. All two are damaged. I can feel it. The very next day, Hank was back in the buggy racing through the town. All right. A little while later, a drunk Hank drove up in front of a saloon behind a team of half-broken young horses hitched to a light buggy. Doc came out, jumped in the buggy, and took the whip and lashed the horses. Hank tossed the reins to the ground and gave a, quote, Indian yell. They flew down the street, Doc whipping the horses and Hank yelling. They were going too fast to make a turn, and they rolled into a heap beside the road. What is going on? They're just like... Get into fucking racing and buggies. Yeah, but they are doing... It's like they're jackass. Yeah, they're not good. Yeah, Yeah. it's jackass. Right, they are. They're just like, oh, we got a new way to get a rush. Doc and Hank were severely injured, and for a few days, it was thought they would both die. But, as usual, Hank lived. (laughs) But he broke his finger in one place. I broke my ear in four places. Ow. Uh, A little while later, Hank got drunk in Pendleton, and he was heading home, driving a horse hitched to a buggy. He somehow flipped it and was thrown to the ground. What's going on? A couple of Hank's friends happened by and found him passed out, surrounded by gold pieces. (laughs) Okay. Like a wasted Mario? (laughs) 
Tell my brother. They started picking up the gold, and they picked up six thousand dollars. They're like, "Oh my God, we got to do something!" Don't wake him. Don't wake him. Do not wake him up. Do not wake him up. Uh, Hank always carried a lot of money, six thousand pieces of gold. In 1884, the East Oregonian reported Hank had one of the finest farms in the United States. Yeah, remember you bought that farm a while back, that retirement farm? Uh, it was on that reservation. There are 900 acres of wheat, 480 acres of barley, 15 of oat, 30 of miscellaneous vegetables, my favorite kind. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Those are I, just like Can frozen... I get that with oyster sauce? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just like a frozen bag of bird's eye, like on a leaf. You're like, oh, look at that. Oh, it's mixed vegetables. Those will be nice. Uh, 160 acres of pasture, an orchard, six or 700 chickens. There were ducks, hogs, hundreds of horse and cattle. Uh, he had the best machinery. The paper said he would clear 22,000 from his crops that year alone. Between March and November of 1884, Hank and Martha had taken out seven loans uh, for the purchase of farm uh, materials and equipment. Okay. On January 27th, 1885, a local paper reported, quote, Pendleton will celebrate the 4th of July. There will be a grand procession, races at the fairgrounds, and a fight between Hank Vaughn's cinnamon bear and a wild bull. What is... What? <laughs> In one of the worst, worst cases of U.S. press uh, history, I could find nothing else about the cinnamon bear. <laughs> Wait. So was there it was a, a fight. Graham? There was a fight between a cinnamon bear... And a fucking bull, nobody wrote about it. In this time when, like, there would be walking events? And there's people a were like, of... ah, bear versus bull. <laughs> Pass. Despite the press about the farm, things were not going well for Hank. Papers reported Hank's animals were being sold now to pay debts. Okay. Quote, Two Centerville merchants are attempting to recover on a promissory note uh, for $3,054. Hank Vaughn was the agent. 56 of his horses have been seized as collateral for the loan. Okay. So it was all bullshit. Right. He, yeah, he was pulling a, an Enron. Right. But it worked out worse for him. Pendleton resident Billy Mays said everyone was afraid of Hank. What just happened? I don't know. Do you know what happened? No. Who's Billy Mays? Oh, what? what? <laughs> wait, well, wait. I don't know what's happening. Say, say what you said again, and then I'll explain what's happening. Pendleton resident Billy Mays said everyone was a friend of Hank. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Let me tell Dave. Billy Mays. And I don't... Un, uh, this does not deserve a sidebar. <laughs> but Billy Mays is the guy who came up with OxyClean and died... Take it easy, Dave. He's going to get beers. Uh, but, um... Billy Mays was the guy who came up with OxyClean, uh, the thing that would clean grease out of any bib you wore to a barbecue. 
if you put it in a fish tank of OxyClean. And he somehow died of cocaine. And when you said Billy Mays... No, no, no! Well, and then just for your information, Dave, the ShamWow guy, uh, he had his uh, tongue uh, bitten out by a uh, sex worker that he abused. And then he went to jail, and now he does slap chop ads. So, and that's why you were laughing, because of Billy Mays? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, sir. How long so have you been Billy here? Billy Mays is the guy with the black beard? Was the guy with the black beard. No, and you he all... died of blow? Cocaine, yep. Yeah. Uh, Not Oxycontin, which would have been the thing that we all wanted him to go from. Well, he was what I call a bad American. Yeah, yeah. And then I the sell other guy... Oxy clean, but I'm Oxy dirty. And then the guy who, the guy who jumped in his place, he uh, did some stuff with a sex worker? Is that what you said? Well, no, the guy who jumped in the place is arguably the guy who's putting together screen door boats that go over the Everglades. Uh, Wow guy was also around the time of Billy Mays, and yes, there was one night when he had a sex worker over, he was aggressively kissing her, so she bit part of his tongue out, he freaked out, uh, beat her up, the cops came, and now he does commercials for Slap Chop, which will really dice your veggies. I didn't think we needed so to she, do it either. she was like, she didn't want to be kissed. Well, the craziest part, I, and I will say this, there was blood all over his place. He tried to clean it up with ShamWow. Didn't do shit. The blood, whole place was covered in blood. So I don't know what he's using. All right. So but his think, tongue looked like it got slap chopped. I think the... I think the... I think what we're trying to say here is respect the boundaries of the sex worker. They, they, put up a, they put up a boundary. If she doesn't want to kiss, don't fucking kiss her. You, you know, just because you're the fucking ShamWow king. That's how you react, though. You're like, what's well, your job? Oh, you sell with your mouth? Um, and he's like, oh, no, flat top. Oh, fuck, no. So he's now just around like a low-rent guy who already was a low-rent guy? Yeah, I guess what happens when you lower low-rent? Well, that was a great sidebar. At least you got a couple beers from the sidebar. I mean, I didn't know what I was getting into. When I, I, I should have just said a resident of Pendleton now that I look at this. <laughs> well, Dave, come on. We need another eight minutes. Uh, so a resident of Pendleton said... Named? Billy Mays. <laughs> said his heart felt weird and maybe he did too much blow. Dude, for a minute, I was like, Dave, you're walking into their trap. <laughs> Hank gave him a bandana. No. <laughs> I can't believe how much it absorbs. <laughs> uh, so Billy May said everyone was afraid of Hank, and he used the fear to avoid paying down his debts. Quote, I used to be a constable, and they would give me a bill to collect from Hank. Just as he took pride in refusing to pay his debts, he also took pride in helping anybody who was up against it and needed a loan. So when I had a bill to collect for Hank, I would meet him up and say, Hank, I am. I'm up against it. I know you have a heart as big as a steer. Could you loan me 20 bucks? 
And he never uh, stuck a man uh, to return a loan, so my system worked fine. So this guy was hired to collect money, and so he would go like, hey, man, can I get a loan? And then he'd get the money and give it to the guy Don't worry to about collect it. the loan from. Don't worry about it. It's a good scam. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, Hank never it's paid. It's just two easy payments at twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Most of the debts from Hank's farm were paid because the courts would just take his horses, cattle, or wheat. Okay. Uh, smaller debts went unpaid. Uh, through all this, Hank continued to have a good time. Quote, Hank would ride in about Saturday at noon, patronize the various bars, and then he would ride up and down the street, shooting out the few lights or going to stores two guns on his hip, and take without pay whatever he wanted. <laughs> so he's like the opposite of the Lone Ranger. <laughs> oh, no. Merchants would never worry about it because Monday morning, Hank would come back to town with a repentant headache and ask the various storekeepers what he had charged Saturday. Oh, boy. <laughs> he would then pay what they asked and go without a word. So, wow, that is... He's drunk riding. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, boys, uh, what did I... A pound of peanuts? Well, you had a hell of a weekend, Hank. Uh-huh. You stabbed my wife. She's going to be fine, but you stabbed her. You shot out two of my lights. You yeah. took a bunch of screwdrivers. Yeah, what I, what I owe you for that? Well, I'm, I'm getting through the list, goddammit. You did a lot of damage. Yeah, I charged it all, though. Put it all in the card. I'm... Do you have the chip? Put it in the lower thing, then, and then just punch your pan. But I'm pissed. Uh, I hate that beep. I can read when it says. Well, just yank it. it out then. Nobody likes the beep. You're out of control. I swear with you. Sometimes I'm like, no. But then I'm like, okay. And Pendleton Hank would often ride up in front of the saloon and shoot out the light over the front door. Hey, thanks, asshole. What the fuck? Don't put lights out. <laughs> <laughs> Let dark do its thing. That's not a cause. <laughs> What's he going? Hank Vaughn, champion of darkness. No, you are not. You're pretty drunk. Go. After he shut out the light, the owner would tell his bartender, quote, take a drink out to Hank now so he won't ride in and shoot all the glasses and bottles. All right, well, <laughs> we've heard him bark. Now go to give him whiskey. But people had finally had it with horse thieves. Uh, vigilante committees were formed. Good, always good. Two of Hank's gang were lynched and left hanging at the lane that led to Hank's ranch. Okay, <laughs> that's a message. There was a posse that was formed, and they chased Hank, and they chased him out uh, for a while, and then they came to this bank that would... Oh, no. Said it was like a 70-degree fall. Right, Okay. And they were like, well, he's going straight at that. So that's it. We got him. It's the ending of Point Break, yeah, essentially. It's, the, it's, the, end of, it's right. the ending of yeah. Point Break or also the Butch Casting Sunday's kid. With Thelma and Louise. It might have been where they took this. So, so they're, they're just like, well, we've got him. So they just kind of fanned out, and they figured he'd either give up or jump, jump and right. die. And then he just kept riding and never stopped, and his horse just jumped over. And it was finished. And they were like, holy fucking shit. Wait, he landed it? No. They no, just he's... saw him go over. They just saw oh, him go over. Okay. In my head, I'm the like... The horse he... 
Wings came out. Pegasus. He was on Pegasus. Yes. He was this on is the Pegasus. story of Pegasus. Dude, you veiled this so good. So they ride up. They're like, holy shit, this guy just fucking killed himself. And what he had done was there was like a little embankment down a little ways. And then from that, a little trail that he could go down. He had been training his horse for months. Oh, shut the fuck up. So the horse wouldn't be scared to jump off this cliff and land on this little fucking bank. And so he literally trained his horse for months for this fucking getaway when he needed it, and he ran and looked like he was leaping off a cliff, and everyone was like, what the fuck? When he was actually just landing and taking off, and they came up to the edge, and they see him just riding off, being like, it's like (laughs) fucking flipping him off. So long! Uh, uh, I mean... Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's really great. I would blow him. I would blow him. Jesus, Dave. Look, he's a, he's a good horse, horse I, rider. Actually, I, I know him. Oh, uh, okay. I'm going to take back some of the stuff I said. Why? They respect... Um, so, but after the, the hanging of his friends, uh, he... he basically took off and, and went on, quote, a long camping trip. But in May of 1886, Hank came back, and he was playing cards with the son of uh, one Colonel Stewart. Hank saw uh, Stewart's son take a card from the discard pile. Mm. And so Hank beat him, quote, till he was a sight to behold. Oh. <laughs> and Colonel Stewart vowed vengeance. A few days later, a paper reported, quote, Colonel Stewart, while asleep in Whitley's saloon, when Hank Vaughn approached him with a hatchet and pounded and cut him until he was battered almost to death. Jesus. Well, don't. You don't, you don't threaten Hank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You don't want to make threats. That's rude. Point made, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Hank was arrested, uh, he got out on bail, and soon was back in center. I don't, that part I don't understand. Well, yeah, they're like, no, all, well, he did, all he did was almost kill a man with a hatchet. He's allowed to go free. Uh, well, couldn't agree more. Uh, so he's soon back in Centerville. He decided to play one of his favorite jokes, which was he'd pick a random person in a bar and shoot at the person's heels to make them dance. Oh, what a funny prankster. Everyone loved it in the bar because they knew it meant when he was done, he would buy everyone a round of drinks. We're a simple species. Uh, We don't require much. A laugh and free booze, and we're like, anything can happen. Um, So, one day he did it. uh, He goes out comes out of this bar, and he did it to a guy. Uh, well, he did it to a group of people, right? So there's a group of people on a corner, and uh, he walks out, and uh, they're all just standing there talking and hanging out, and he just starts fucking shooting at Dance! Uh, and, then, and then one guy who was a, didn't know Hank, and he wasn't a local. He was just a big guy. He just walked out while Hank was shooting, and he just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, he was like, don't tell them to dance. And then everyone's like, why didn't you shoot him? He goes, oh, that guy was awesome. Yeah. I'm a He's fan. a total man. You yeah. guys are all weak. 
Another time he did it to a stranger who did not enjoy it. His name was Bill Falwell. After being forced to dance, he went out and traded his horses for a 50 caliber revolver. Okay. Oh, boy. And and then, so it was harder to get a gun. Yeah. yeah. And then he went around. Uh. <laughs> and then he went around and searched for Hank, and he found him in a store, and uh, Falwell immediately started shooting at Hank. And one bullet hit Hank in the arm, which broke Hank's arm. Uh, Hank jumped behind a case, and uh, Falwell unloaded the rest of his bullets into the case. Hank then rushed Falwell and beat the shit out of him with his good hand. Falwell was charged with assault with a deadly weapon, found sure. guilty, and sentenced to four years in prison. Sure, of course. Yeah, you got... No, but you guys, you got to throw the book at some of these people. You really do. You got to figure it out. Now, a local guy went to Hank's house a few weeks later. Quote, I was met at the door by a stepdaughter who advised me to be careful about entering Hank's room as he was practicing target shooting. Okay. Great. Good to meet you. This sounds awful. Okay. On entering, Hank was propped up by pillows with a pistol in his left hand and several boxes of cartridges on his bed engaged in target practice. The target being an ace of clubs pinned to the wall near the foot of his bed. He explained that his right arm had been crippled, so he decided to learn how to shoot with his left hand. Okay. He he later had to have surgery on his right arm. (laughs) Hank managed to uh, stall the trial for his axe attack on Colonel Stewart... Until the spring of 1887. And when he could stall it no longer, he went to see Colonel Stewart and asked how much it would cost for the colonel not to show up at the trial. Turns out, 500 bucks. Wow. It's great. That's not great. Very, not very much for an axe attack. No, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he probably kicked himself for a while thinking it should have gone higher. Hank took Colonel Stewart to a saloon and had the barkeep put the 500 in a safe with instructions only to give it to Stewart if he did not show up to the trial. So the trial was held, and Colonel Stewart did not show up, and Hank walked. Colonel Stewart was then fined $150 for a failure to appear in court. (laughs) Well, that'll cut into your profit margin. (laughs) In August 1888, Hank signed a complaint against his first wife, Lois. What's he? What? The nerve. She was very hard to read. He charged her with deserting him without cause and asked for divorce and custody of his boys. Oh, my God. I'm excited to see him, meet him, see him. Lois denied the claims and granted him a divorce. Hank then publicly married Martha, a woman he had been living with for seven years. Hank was injured again in May 1890 when he was thrown from a horse during a uh, roundup. He had a completely fractured leg, a broken rib, and internal injuries. Quote, he is in the Hotel Pendleton and is suffering intense agony. Physicians are doubtful of his recovery. He was fine. Okay, of course. Yep. Surely. Right. Have they checked him for metal parts yet? Are they? (laughs) We may have the first terminated. Yeah, yeah. In January, papers reported he and Martha were headed for California and would stop at a hot spring there to uh, try a health cure. In California, he was suspected of being the mastermind of a bank robbery, but nothing was proven. Back in Oregon, in May, uh, May 31st, 1893, Hank came to Pendleton to get new shoes for his horse. As usual, he could not help but show off. Uh, he rode up and down the streets, 
giving the locals a show. He rode, quote, he rode furiously down Main Street, a rider and horse nearly being concealed in a cloud of dust. At a cross street, in an attempt to make a sudden turn, the horse stumbled and fell, hurling Hank over its head into the gravel, his foot caught in the stirrup, and the animal sprawled on top of the luckless rider. He was picked up, bleeding, dirt-covered, and insensible, his right eye nearly forced from its socket. In how many places? <laughs> Just get a sham wow on that. And it looked for a time that the man who appears to have nine lives so often has been hurt and wounded had at last been the victim of his own recklessness. The next morning, Hank said, quote, It's pretty hard to kill me off. Wow. The East John or- Connor. <laughs> the East Oregonian wrote daily stories about his condition. June 5th, quote, Hank Vaughn is regarded by his physicians to be in pretty serious condition, and the outcome of his case is problematic. He began to grow worse Saturday, and the severe concussion to his head has caused him to be flighty and irrational. What's that? <laughs> yeah. What, what does that look How like? How can you tell? <laughs> You're like, what, what does he want to do? Well, he wants to go shoot out some lights. Yeah. So Hank's keep, back. Keeps yelling about shooting a coffee pot. Oh my That's God. Hank. That's Hank for you. June 8th, quote, Hank Vaughn took a turn for the worst last evening and his life is in danger. Some of his family returned to the ranch and brought back some personal items for him, including his pet monkey. What, why am I just hearing about the monkey? I don't know. This why? is the first that it was what? ever brought up. He had a pet monkey how the, the whole time. Does, how the fuck does a guy have a pet monkey and that's well, not the lead in yeah. every fucking story you write about him? Guess. Oh, and, and the guy who shot the coffee pot had a pet monkey. Yeah, I mean, guess who I'm rooting for now? Hank and the baby monkey. Oh, I hope the monkey's armed. Now I've changed my whole philosophy on firearms based on the possibility of a monkey. Yeah. He's got a little monkey gun? Yeah. That's fun. That's adorable. You can kill anybody you want if you have a monkey. Absolutely. It's legal. Sorry, we didn't know you had a monkey. As you were. Um, but Hank was so ill that he paid the monkey he... no attention. Oh, my God. Dude, that was a long pause. I, the idea that he's going to pay the monkey is like, I'll give you what I owe you. But no more. Uh, all right. A deal's a deal. No. No. June 13th, quote, Hank Vaughn lies in a stupor and is unable to recognize those at his bedside. Charlie Long came to see his own friend. He bought Hank fake flowers and put them in water. (laughs) I'll get them near the sun here for you, Hank. Touch them if you want. They're 100% flowers. I don't like the way that monkey's side-eyeing me. Charlie said Hank had shot him several times, but he did not hold a grudge. I mean, yeah, Yeah. what do you want? They're bros. They operated on Hank uh, for three hours on June 15th, removing a portion of his skull to... uh, What says receive? To uh, release pressure. Quote, it is impossible to say at present whether he has a chance for recovery, yet Hank Vaughn has passed through many bad experiences, none of which an ordinary man could survive. He died that evening. (laughs) I mean, when they're finally like, they can't kill this guy. Hey, 
We finally found the indestructible. He's dead. He's gone. He has left us uh, for, for, for sure. Yes. A uh, physician said his body had scars from 13 bullet holes. Two days later, his funeral was held. The East Oregonian. Did they quote? A runaway accident occurred this afternoon on the way to a cemetery during Hank Vaughn's funeral. What? <laughs> the horse was like, it's showtime. This is how we do it! <laughs> a horse team attached to a buggy containing five men collided with a carriage occupied by two others badly wrecking it. The horses were tangled up together for a long time, but were finally gotten out of control. Did Hank stand up? I'm back! <laughs> I'm Jimmy Smith's now! <laughs> yeah! For many years after, Hank's friend said he had been the mastermind for a gang that was guilty of many, many crimes, from petty larceny to highway robbery all over the West. Hank did not take an active part, but made the plans and directed the hits, and he also provided bail money, hired lawyers, and gave advice to the gang members. Jesus. What a life. It's normal. Yeah, no, nothing weird. There. Yeah, just a typical fucking guy in Oregon. Yep. Yep. Classic. Guy meets horse, guy steals horse. Everything you could imagine happens to guy. Yep. Some weirdo fills coffins with coffee. Mm. Guy dies, guy's coffin spills over. Mm. Horse crazy, guy buried. Now horse talk. I'm assuming. Whoa, what's happening here? Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Do you want some? Huh? <laughs> you just mercilessly beat me. Oh, God, that has took a turn. <sighs> we did it. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. I guess I speak for all of us when I say our only question is, what's up with the monkey? And... <laughs> What's his deal? Can we see him? And this little gun you talked about him shooting. Yeah, there should be... I mean, there should be a whole chapter about the monkey in the and book. Without quit, like, well, how did he get him? They yeah, must have gotten along. where the fucking monkey come from? Yeah, and also, he was in the hospital when the monkey came back? Yeah, he was in the hospital, and they brought him the monkey, being like, this will cheer him up, but yeah. he didn't even pay attention. Well, good dying. doctoring, for sure, to just be like, get the well, monkey around the wound. If a fucking monkey... Get mon the monkey near it. Let him put his little digits inside his skull. Maybe he'll help release it. Oh, you don't know. You don't know. None of us know. But a fucking, if, a, if a monkey can't bring you out of your little fucking coma, what can? Yeah, no, you just, honestly, at some point, you just need to give a monkey one of those, like, little repair sunglass kits and let him go at your brain. See what happens. What's the worst that could happen? We're of them. Maybe you don't want to get a hairy monkey hand around a wound. The doctor. <laughs> doctor, should he be in here? Yeah, absolutely. The monkey has to be in here. And let him do his thing. Again, I know how alarmed you look and how alarmed a lot of you look. But again, they're old friends. So I'm not going to be the guy who breaks up a reunion between a best friend and a monkey. No matter what's going on with his brain. Okay? Yeah, I, and let him, and let him, and let, let me tell you something. He's in pretty serious condition, or whatever we call it. 
Let the monkey do it. Oh boy, that's a lot of brain. That is a lot of brain. Why didn't someone, oh, did you? Oh boy. Oh, he's eating it. Well, let, let's let this play out. I don't know. I'm not going to call anyone dead. Uh, well, that should probably conclude this. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming out. We appreciate it, truly. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.